Did you know that Nexium, Prevacid, Prilosec, Protonix, all of the PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, were only ever approved by FDA for a max of up to 12 weeks of continuous use? Did you know that most are only approved for eight weeks of continuous use? And did you know that OTC versions, the -the over-the-counter ones you pick up at the supermarket, are only approved for 14 days every four months? Also, long-term use is considered anything over 14 days. Also, on today's episode, we know that diarrhea and other stomach upset can occur with antibiotics. But are you aware of these issues with a still commonly prescribed antibiotic known as Cipro? These serious side effects include inflamed or torn tendon, muscle pain or weakness, the joint pain or and joint pain or swelling, walking difficulty, feeling pins and needles, burning pain, tiredness, depression, problems with memory, sleeping, vision and hearing, and altered taste and smell. Also, tendon swelling and injury may occur within just two days of starting treatment with a fluoroquinolone, but may even occur several months after stopping that treatment. You would think that these side effects must be incredibly uncommon, but they aren't nearly as rare as you would hope. And finally on today's show, what's the difference between M&Ms and ibuprofen? Well, let's see. They're both artificially colored. They can both be had at Costco for under 20 bucks for a lot of them. They both can lead to higher A1C levels and therefore higher risk of diabetes. They both can cause significant stomach issues. But interestingly, M&Ms have a leg up because they actually taste good. They're much more yummy. And they don't single-handedly kill 16,500 Americans every single year from internal bleeding. Today on Vitality Radio, I'll expose the dark underbelly of these medications and give you my favorite alternatives. That's what today's show is about. It's Prescribing Poisons, Part 2. All right, so today we're going to have, we're going to have fun because this is kind of a I don't know, to me, it's a little bit of a dark topic, uh, talking about these things that are available either over the counter or commonly prescribed by your trusted healthcare authority. And yet they each have some pretty heavy potential consequences associated with their use. But we're going to have fun because I'm going to do my very best to educate you on really valid and effective alternatives and, you know, might poke a little bit of fun at the establishment along the way. Vitality Radio is always brought to you by VitalityNutrition.com. Of course, I am Jared St. Clair, your host, and I am so grateful right now. As I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. I just had the great Carlin call Come pay a visit to Vitality Nutrition yesterday. Uh, She posted that story on her Instagram. 
And we had a really, really nice time talking and uh, doing a quick little interview there. And uh, I am so grateful to her for being willing to spend some time at my shop and uh, trust me to sell her Just Ingredients products, uh, which we are adding to our website as I speak. So this is, uh, it's been such an exciting thing. Carolyn is such a powerful influencer out there. She has hundreds of thousands, nearly a million followers now on Instagram, and uh, people just adore her. And I understand why. She gives real, simple, actionable advice on how to be and live healthier. So if you didn't find Vitality Radio because of Carolyn, and Just Ingredients, then you need to find Cara Lynn on Instagram. Just.ingredients is her uh, handle there. And she posts awesome stuff daily that is uh, well worth your time and attention. I had also the pleasure of interviewing Cara Lynn last week for this Saturday's episode of Vitality Radio. So you'll be able to hear her backstory, how she came to do what she does. And uh, I thought it was a fascinating interview. I got to know her much better than I already uh, did as uh, we are uh, pretty new acquaintances over the last several months. And I think you'll really enjoy that this coming Saturday. And again, the Just Ingredients products, one of which is, well, I don't even know. Well, let's let's put it this way. I have tried two of her products so far for personal use. Her protein powder is phenomenal. It is the cleanest protein I have ever come across. Period. And it is probably the best tasting protein I've ever had, which is a near impossible feat to have one as clean as hers is taste as good as it does. You have to try this stuff. It is amazing. It comes in chocolate, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, vanilla, snickerdoodle, which either sounds good or bad, depending on who you ask, but I'm telling you, it's dang good. Uh, And uh, a variety of other flavors I can't even think of right now. Uh, She's got a bunch of other great stuff, all natural deodorants and lotions and tooth powder for remineralizing the teeth, uh, tooth powder for whitening the teeth, and uh, her very well-regarded face serum that people just rave about as well. So yeah, it's exciting to have her products in Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful as well as on Vitality Nutrition.com. If you listen to this show when it drops, which is just a couple hours from now, Don't jump to the website just yet looking for Just Ingredients products. They won't all be up there until later tonight, but they will be up there uh, as soon as we can possibly get them loaded to the site. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into the topic at hand. We're going to talk first about PPIs. This is one of my favorite topics to discuss on this uh, show and, and for a variety of reasons. The biggest one being that I have very hard-earned personal experience with acid reflux. Uh, When I was a 26-year-old young man, and uh, yeah, when I was 26, that was, well, 24 years ago. (laughs) 
So I guess uh, that's real young compared to where I'm at now. But when I was 26, I was diagnosed uh, by a gastroenterologist as having one of the worst cases of acid reflux he had ever seen. He said he did about 800 uh, scopes a year, and mine was easily in the top like 5% of what he'd ever seen. Uh, pretty hammered esophagus at that time. Now, I knew better when I was 26. I just didn't do better because, well, how many of us really listen to what our parents teach us on the way up? You know, I listened. I really did. And I learned and I loved what they taught. I just liked to do really, really stressful uh, lifestyle choices. And I liked to eat crap while I was doing it. And I caused myself a lot of problems. But inside of six months, I also completely reversed that and I haven't had reflux since. So I've seen both sides of that equation. I know how it's done and I know now, and I hope you will understand now, how dangerous the medical approach to acid reflux is. So let's get into it. Proton pump inhibitors, that's going to be your Prevacid, Prilosec, um, Nexium, Omeprazole, all the ones that end in Z-O-L-E pretty much. Those are all the uh, generic names of these types of drugs. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, none of them have been approved for more than 8 to 12 weeks of continuous use. Most of them are recommended for a max of 14 days every four months. But if you're listening, like so many others have over the years, as I've mentioned some of these statistics, and you're saying, huh, I've been on that stuff for years. Well, Keep listening. I'm going to explain why that could be a real problem and uh, why you should probably be at least considering an alternative at this point. PPIs are used for the treatment of many gastric conditions, including peptic ulcer disease, eradication of H. pylori, uh, which is an infection that can cause ulcers, uh, treatment and prevention of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug gastroduodenal ulcers, as well as GERD, otherwise known as acid reflux. So it's interesting because I'm going to talk about NSAIDs. That's, uh, you know, ibuprofen and drugs like that here in a minute. But isn't it interesting that uh, the internal bleeding that comes with those is often then met with another prescription for a drug that can make things even worse, although... They can stop the bleeding, which can save your life. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but it goes back to that kind of, you know, one drug uh, will create uh, this or will help you with this symptom, but potentially create this side effect. But don't worry, we have a drug for that side effect. The two biggest concerns with PPIs are these what's called malabsorption of calcium and magnesium. That means you're just not able to digest and assimilate those two key nutrients. And the infections of C. diff, which can literally kill you, and pneumonia, which can literally kill you, right? These are two things that people die of on a regular basis in this country. You know, no big deal. Uh, about one in six patients get C. diff. Uh, sorry, who get C. diff, get it again in the subsequent two to eight weeks. So it's often recurring. And one in 11 people over age 65 diagnosed with C. diff infection die within one month. One in 11. Now, I'm not great at math, but that's almost 
of people over 65 diagnosed with C. diff. Uh, that's not good. And of course, malabsorption of calcium and magnesium is also not a big deal, right? I mean, if you don't care about your skeleton anyway, it's not a big deal. If you don't care about muscle integrity, no big deal because, oh yeah, calcium and magnesium are critical in both areas, along with many, many other things. One of the most common causes of death associated with long-term PPI use is hip fracture. And of course, calcium and magnesium and the balance of those two are all critical to proper cardiovascular function and kidney function as well. And guess what? According to the BMJ, that's the British Medical Journal, in an article published in 2019, the results showed a consistent excess of cause-specific mortality even among patients with documented GI for acid suppression drugs. Uh, or sorry, gastrointestinal in indications for acid suppression drugs. An alarming finding which might help guide the design and implementation of deprescription programs to reduce the number of unnecessary and unindicated PPI prescriptions. I love that word, deprescription. That's a word we should start using a lot in this country. Let's deprescribe all these drugs as opposed to continuing to prescribe one after another after another. Uh, the evidence that mortality uh, due to cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, and upper gastrointestinal cancer was not modified by the presence of baseline cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, or upper gastrointestinal cancer, respectively. That suggests the need for heightened vigilance among those with and, <clears throat> with equal importance, those at risk of these conditions. Okay, I want to break that down really quickly because the first time I read it, it didn't make sense. So what they're basically saying is, there is a consistent excess of cause-specific mortality. That's called death, okay? Mortality, right? Um, cause-specific mortality, meaning they can point to specific causes of mortality directly linked to proton pump inhibitors. Those primary causes in this study were cardiovascular disease, gastrointestinal cancer, and kidney disease. None of those are things that you want any more than you want acid reflux, I assure you. So then what can be done? Well, I alluded to my story earlier. Now, let me tell you how I avoided PPIs and reversed acid reflux. Well, the first thing that you have to understand is simply this. Oh, and actually, let me backtrack really quick because I forgot one note that's pretty important. The research on PPIs so far indicates, depending on which study you look at, somewhere between a 10 and 25% increased risk of death from all causes after taking PPIs for an extended period of time. Now, the extended period varies a lot, too. That's anywhere from a year all the way up to 10 years. The 25% number, that study was a 10-year study. So if you've been on one of these PPIs for years or even decades, which is certainly possible, I've met people who've been on them for over 20 years, your risk factors have gone way up in so many different areas. But I'm not, you know, like a shock jock radio guy. I'm not a uh, fear monger guy. Leave that up to the government health agencies and pharmaceutical companies. I am, uh, hey, you've been warned 
and you've still got time because you're still here, so let's fix it. And then maybe we don't have to worry about it. And that's what this next section is about. So my story is this. I was uh, running two businesses at the time, including Vitality Nutrition, which I've owned now for the last 30-something years. 30 years, I guess it is about. And I had another business where I was on the road a lot. And that business was tanking. Like, it was struggling big time. I was losing money hand over fist, money that I didn't have. It was all borrowed money. I was still a young man and didn't know what the heck I was doing. I'm 50 now, and I'm still not sure I know what the heck I'm doing. But I know better now than I did then. And at 26, I was screwing things up in a big way. And uh, that was crushing me from a stress standpoint. And because I was on the road all the time and wasn't focused on my nutrition, I was eating garbage on a regular basis as well. That ended up getting me in a position where I couldn't sleep at night because the acid reflux was so bad. I would wake up uh, having to uh, basically regurgitate just acid and bile. uh, And I had so much damage in my esophagus that I still have leftover scar tissue in there that precludes me from drink from swallowing some of the bigger capsules that I sell at Vitality Nutrition to this day. I still have that scar tissue buildup. I have not yet been able to figure out how to get rid of. And so, yeah, the damage was real, and I was on the road to esophageal cancer, likely. Uh, certainly, that's what the GI doc said. So he prescribed a PPI, and I said, let me see if I can do it my way. Now, I will say this. PPIs are kind of magical. In short-term use, they are amazing. They can take someone with severe reflux like I had and turn it off for a few weeks, calm everything down, let the esophagus heal, all that kind of stuff. That was the promise of Nexium when it first came out on the market, which happened to be brand new back then when I was first um, dealing with all this. It was called Today's Purple Pill. And I, being a stubborn young man, did not accept that prescription. And I probably should have considered it, at least for a couple of weeks, to calm things down in my throat. But I didn't. I decided to go all natural. And I'm glad I did go all natural, but maybe in this case, the reflux drug for a couple of weeks wouldn't have been a bad idea. Regardless, this is what I did. Um, I drank whole leaf aloe vera juice from Aloe Life. I love that brand. I think it is the best aloe in the world. And until somebody shows me one that they that they can prove is better, I'm going to stand by that. In fact, I was blessed to have Karen, uh, the uh, Karen Masterson cook on the show just a couple of weeks ago talking about Aloe Life. been trying to get her on the show for a long time. She is amazing and her product is amazing. So I drank that a tablespoon every morning and a tablespoon every night religiously. I also started taking digestive enzymes with every single meal that I ate. Um, The product I used is not around anymore, but it's the most similar to a product uh, that I have now called Assimilate. Uh, The Assimilate is a product that I have in my Vitality uh, brand, my Vital 5 brand, specifically because of what I saw uh, benefits, uh, of the benefits that I saw from that uh, type of formula when I was younger. And then I also was taking a uh, very specific probiotic. Now, I also did some smart things as far as my some diet changes, uh, things that would tend to exacerbate reflux. I reduced those. Um, I started sleeping 
uh, with a kind of a wedge kind of a thing upright, you know, so that the acid wouldn't creep up at night when I was trying to sleep. So those are some of the things that I did. But what was interesting is it took a few months for everything to even out. And frankly, for me to feel significantly better or, or any better at all, it took a few months. But then when I started feeling better, wow, it was like a switch had been flipped and I felt dramatically better uh, after about four months of doing this consistently. And within six months, I didn't have reflux symptoms anymore, like at all. For about the next year, I had uh, an occasional bout of mild heartburn, but uh, nothing, you know, uncontrollable by any stretch. And after that year, I mean, I, I could probably count on, I don't know, a couple of hands, maybe a few hands, all the times in the last 24 years that I've had any reflux issues at all, or I should say heartburn issues at all. So based on that um, combination, what I decided to do about 12 years ago is develop a product called Back on Tract. Now, Back on Tract is now my first line of defense for people that are dealing with acid reflux. It has the best probiotics, the best spore probiotics that I've been able to find, Bacillus coagulans and Bacillus subtilis. And it also has a great combination of enzymes similar to what's in the Assimilate product I previously mentioned. And it has some great kind of first aid type stuff in it, peppermint and fennel and ginger to help calm and soothe uh, an inflamed uh, digestive tract and, and intestinal tract. And back on track, regardless of whether you're dealing with acid reflux or IBS or any of the basically upset digestive system, top to bottom, back on track is my first line of defense. In the short term, you feel better with back on track, in most cases, almost immediately, oftentimes the first capsule that you take. But it gets better as the probiotics are able to do their job over a few months. Uh, things just improve more and more and more. And then uh, now I have the precision probiotic formula. And so uh, some of my clients will start with the back on track and then they'll move to assimilate as their digestive enzyme that they use during the week or, or at their meals, and then the precision probiotic just once a day to boost up the um, gut microflora. And of course, the aloe to do what aloe does. It heals the inside the way it heals the outside. If you've got a sunburn, imagine your esophagus, imagine your intestinal tract as the same type of uh condition on the inside. It's burned, it's hot, it's inflamed, it needs to calm down, and aloe with all of its anti-inflammatory and healing properties will do just that. It's just that it's passing through. You can't slather it on like you can on a sunburn, so you have to be a little more patient with it, but it does do the job. Something I didn't know back then that I do know now, thank goodness, is that apple cider vinegar capsules are also phenomenally effective for this problem and will give you more instant relief, probably even than back on track for most people. Because the thing about acid reflux is that it's not an over-acid condition. In the vast majority of cases, it's under-acid. And that doesn't seem intuitive, and I'm going to run out of time if I talk about it in too much depth, but basically what's happening is your body's trying to compensate for not enough acid in the gut or in the stomach, and so it's hyperproducing it at mealtime, causing reflux, creating issues. 
So if you can get apple cider vinegar capsules, which are nearly bioidentical to hydrochloric acid that our body is making uh, in your stomach when the food is in your stomach, in fact, ideally maybe five or 10 minutes before the food gets into your stomach, um, along with digestive enzymes, that is a phenomenal remedy as well. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. My primary way of, of starting people out now is this. Uh, back on tract and apple cider vinegar capsules. Those two things combined. Uh, every single meal, a capsule of back on tract, a capsule of apple cider vinegar. Now, if the reflux doesn't improve very, very quickly, like within a day or two, then I recommend you go up to two apple cider vinegar capsules. You can maybe even do three or four if you really, really struggle. Some people need that, especially with certain meals. Uh, apple cider vinegar is very, very safe and it's pretty inexpensive as a supplement as well. So you can experiment with it freely. Some people need a couple of capsules of back on track. After you've done that for a little while, then if you want to, for the purposes of of saving a few dollars, you can move to the Precision Probiotic uh, and do that for at least three to six months um, until you are have feel like you've restored your gut microflora and the assimilate capsules because you're using those with every meal and that's quite a bit less expensive than the back on track on an everyday or an every meal basis. Um, do the back on track though and the apple cider vinegar for one month and let me know how things are going. You can contact me at Vitality Nutrition. You can hit me on Instagram at Jared Saint or at Vitality Nutrition or at Vitality Radio, all those places you can find me on Instagram. Uh, sorry, it's at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful. I sometimes forget that. Or you can call the store, 801-292-6662. Let us know how you're doing, and we can make recommendations after that. And of course, remember, I'm not your doctor, so this isn't medical advice. This is what I did and how I got my greatest success. Okay, well, I just took up half the show talking about that one, and I got two more poisons I want to discuss. The next one is what's called an NSAID, and we're going to focus on ibuprofen. But this would apply to things like leave and even aspirin. NSAIDs are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. At Costco right now, you can go and buy 1,000 tablets of Little Red Ibuprofen 200s for $10.99. A thousand tablets. Or, or you have an option. You could buy 1,984 M&Ms, I did the math. Yes, there's 1,984 M&Ms in the 62-ounce container of M&Ms you can buy at Costco for $15.99. So on a per-pill basis, uh, M&Ms are a little cheaper, but not much. It's about the same price uh, as the ibuprofen. Uh, and the question, I guess, would be which one is more likely to kill you? And it's not that tough of a call. According to the literature, about 16,500 people die every single year from internal bleeding due to long-term use of NSAIDs such as ibuprofen. Now, I'm not sure how that compares to M&Ms because we don't have any statistics saying how many people M&Ms take from us on a yearly basis. And we do know that M&Ms are likely to cause uh, or lead to things like diabetes and heart disease. But it takes way more than a few M&Ms daily for 10 years to give you diabetes. Plus, M&Ms just simply taste so much better. So if you're going to put crap in your mouth, um, M&Ms are a better option. I'm going to give you a free pass. 
take some M&Ms instead of your ibuprofen. Your headache won't go away, but you won't bleed out. Okay, so let's talk about these numbers, though. Uh, in all seriousness, this is not a small number. 16,500 per day or per year, sorry, is a huge number. Over the last 30 years, the last 30 years, which is about how long I've owned Vitality Nutrition, about half a million Americans have died directly due to chronic use of NSAIDs such as ibuprofen. Now, to put that in perspective, 500,000 Americans, that's about the same number we lost in both World War I and World War II combined. It's not insignificant. What's really crazy is that when you realize chronic use is actually defined as three times a week for more than three months. They've done studies. I'm trying to remember if I've got Yeah, I do have it here. I'm going to read this for you uh, rather than uh, paraphrasing. Um, so this study, researchers at McMaster University Health Science Center in Ontario, Canada, they conducted it, uh, what they call a post hoc analysis of two separate randomized studies that included 68 healthy volunteers who were given four weeks of an ibuprofen regimen. Now, they were given the prescription strength regimen, 800 milligrams three times daily. But I want you to be honest with yourself. When you take ibuprofen, 200s, the over-the-counter stuff that you can get at Costco, a 1,000 pills for 11 bucks, do you take one? Do you take two? Do you take four? Four is the prescription strength. And I think most people know it's the prescription strength. And they think, well, rather than getting a prescription, I'll just buy these cheap ones at Costco and I'll take the prescription strength by taking four. If you're in that boat, then you might be just like these 68 volunteers. So they took 800 milligrams three times daily for just 28 days, four weeks, or a placebo. Now that dosage, again, is about twice what is recommended over the counter. 1,200 milligrams a day is what's recommended over the counter as a max. But prior to starting the regimen, patients were evaluated for a one-week control period to demonstrate that they were not bleeding internally. Blood loss was determined in these subjects uh, prior to the study. Of the healthy subjects included in the study, those taking ibuprofen for 28 days experienced blood loss that was 3.65 times greater than the placebo group. So over three and a half times as much blood loss as the placebo group. On average, those taking ibuprofen experienced blood loss as low as 40 milliliters, approximately a fifth of a cup, and as high as 299 milliliters, approximately one full cup of blood. Bleeding was found to begin as early as three days after the start of the treatment and generally lasted the entire duration of the study in most subjects. According to study authors and previous studies, although the ibuprofen dose, ibuprofen dose was higher than the recommended over-the-counter amount, blood loss, anemia, and other adverse events can be observed at any dose of ibuprofen. So let's talk about a few more statistics. All NSAIDs double the risk of hospitalization due to heart, heart failure. NSAID use in patients aged 65 or older more than doubles the risk of acute kidney injury in the next 30 days. NSAIDs can, can precipitate bronchospasm, and 5 to 10% of adult patients with asthma will have an acute deterioration in symptoms after taking NSAIDs. NSAIDs also are associated with a rise in H1, or, uh, sorry, 
<laughs> A1C in type 2 diabetes. And of course, there's also this concern known as polypharmacy. Because between 1988 and 2010, the median number, median number of prescription medications used among adults aged 65 and older doubled from 2 to 4. And the proportion taking 5 or more tripled from 13% to 39%. These increases were driven in part by rising use of cardioprotective and antidepressant medications. Well, here's the thing. Polypharmacy, when it comes to ibuprofen, is a major problem because many other pharmaceuticals are directly contraindicated with ibuprofen or other NSAIDs, and yet because ibuprofen is almost exclusively taken over the counter, your doctor is generally going to prescribe whatever these other drugs are that you're on, especially if you're over 65 and you might be on five or more medications not knowing how much ibuprofen you take, and that increases the risks across the board. Across the board, for sure. So, we have a real problem with this product, and I want to bring it out, although this show is called Prescribing Poisons and most ibuprofen isn't prescribed, it is still recommended heavily by doctors. A lot of doctors now, I hear, are suggesting that people take less and things like that. But I'm telling you, this thing is, it's, it's out of hand. When people are buying 1,000 tablets at Costco, and that's one of their better-selling items in this country, and 16,500 people are bleeding out annually because of this drug, it's a problem. So back to the polypharmacy thing, because that 16,500 people, that doesn't have anything to do with the other things that ibuprofen may potentially cause. Um, chronic NSAID use increases with age due to arthritis, and there are dozens, like I say, of potential contraindications. Heart attacks, strokes, higher A1C, kidney failure, these are all things that are seen with chronic use of ibuprofen. So the question is, what can we do instead? And that is a real concern for a couple of reasons. Let's face it, pain sucks. Nobody wants to be in pain. And pain pills like ibuprofen work. I remember when ibuprofen was first put on the market and people thought this stuff is a miracle. They work, they work quickly, and they're cheap. So whatever you choose to do naturally is likely to cost more money and unfortunately in many cases will not be as effective, at least not as instantly effective. In fact, the main objections I hear at Vitality when suggesting natural options for pain are it doesn't work as fast and it costs more money. And I get that. It does cost more money, but it also doesn't kill you. And in fact, what's interesting is the long-term so-called chronic use of natural anti-inflammatories like turmeric, CBD, uh, omega-3, these types of things have all kinds of side benefits without the side effects. And while they will cost you more money, they will not cost you your life. Probably worth looking into.
but there are some things that won't cost you a dime that you can start with when it comes to pain. Something known as breath work. Breath work, if you're not familiar with it, I talk about it more and more on Vitality Radio all the time because I've become more and more convinced that it's really powerful stuff, can reduce inflammation and pain. And we know that clinically now, that doing a routine breath uh, work uh, practice morning especially, but you can do it in the morning and the evening. I love it in the evening because it helps you sleep as well. But breath work is a major, major uh, factor in uh, stress reduction. When we reduce stress, we reduce oxidative stress. When we reduce oxidative stress, we reduce inflammation and believe it or not, pain just by doing breath work. So breath work is something that's free. There are a million videos online that you can look up learning how to do it. One thing known as Siddharshan Kriya is one that's very, very effective. Uh, you can check that out. And at some point, probably soon, I'll do a, a whole show on breath work because there's real power in it. Uh, cold packs. Cold packs help. If you've got a type of pain that icing it will help with, then a simple ice bag is a great option or uh, the fancier cold packs you pick up the pharmacy that kind of thing use those that anti-inflammatory benefit uh, will at least help to take the edge off and will actually help with the healing process as well in many many cases so cold packs are great movement is critical now this seems a little difficult sometimes uh, for those of you who know me well and some who of you who don't i've been struggling with a uh, issue with my hip of late many people have seen me limping around vitality as i've been trying to uh, figure this thing out and movement is hard when you hurt, especially if it's a joint that hurts, right? Or your spine or something like that. But I have proven 100% in my case that the more I move, I have to do it a little more gently than I normally would. It's not like I'm out running or, uh, you know, doing uh, massive stair climbing or, or hiking routines, but just staying moving, keeping things fluid uh, helps a ton and, of course, is good for you in a hundred ways besides uh, pain relief. And uh, so that's something I highly recommend as well. Epsom salts. Epsom salts are pretty cheap. They aren't the best source of magnesium. I get a lot of people asking me that, and you're not going to get the magnesium from Epsom salts that you will from other things. But Epsom salt baths are phenomenal for calming things down when it comes to pain and uh, inflammation, discomfort, especially in the muscle tissue. If you deal with a lot of muscle uh, tenderness, achiness, whatever, Epsom salt baths. And then as far as supplements for pain, let's first talk about long-term versus short-term inflammation control. Ibuprofen is kind of magical because it works really, really quickly, right? I have a headache. I take it. 20, 30 minutes later, I start to feel better. That is super valuable. I'm going to mention one other thing that I almost forgot. We do live in a society now where now that we have access to quick pain relief, we tend to take quick pain relief. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to be in pain from time to time. And perhaps just ask yourself if it's a pain, if the level of pain you're dealing with is so dramatic that you need to be on anything at all. Maybe you don't. And maybe that pain, well, in fact, I'm going to... 
stop right there. That pain is a signal that your body is using to alert you to a problem, oftentimes a greater problem than what you might think is going on. So pay attention to those signals as well. But as far as the long-term versus the short-term, ibuprofen, Tylenol, those types of things, and and Tylenol I'm going to talk about on episode three of this topic. It'll be its own topic. But those kind of things, they do work really, really quickly, and they're very useful, and I do use them sometimes. It's the chronic use, day in, day out, or even three days a week for three months is what's considered chronic use, that to where we start to run into real significant problems. So what you really want to do is stay on top of your inflammation. And all of those things I talked about earlier, all those free things, movement, breath work, cold packs, Epsom salt baths, all of those things can help you stay on top of the inflammation. Perhaps the two things that you can use to stay on top of it the most, though, are magnesium glycinate, which is phenomenal for calming the muscle and nervous system and kind of relaxes everything so that we have less tension, therefore less inflammation and pain. And omega-3, which stands at the very top of the inflammatory cascade inside the human body. If we don't have enough omega-3 and we don't have enough magnesium, we're far more likely to have inflammation and pain. In terms of things that are not required by the human body, like magnesium and omega-3, but can be extremely useful, turmeric. I mentioned turmeric before. I take it every day myself in the form of a product called Curamed. Curamed is the best turmeric I've ever seen. And just like I said before uh, with the aloe vera, if uh, somebody can point me to one that's better, I am happy to see it. But Curamed by Terry Naturally is the best turmeric I have ever seen. And on a daily basis is very, very good for keeping inflammation at bay. There is also a formula now called Curamed. um, Oh my gosh. uh, Pain. (laughs) Now I can't remember it and I'm in the middle of the show. Okay, I found it. Acute pain relief. Curamed acute pain relief. This is the fastest acting thing I think I've seen so far, along with uh, some of the CBD products that I'm going to mention here in just a second. There's been years at Vitality that I haven't had a really quick pain relief option for people, but we do have some now. And the Curamed acute pain is great if you've got, you know, the pounding headache or, uh, you know, an injury or something that needs quick relief. That one works very, very well for a lot of people. Also, CBD, especially if you're dealing with back pain, nerve pain, uh, any type of inflammatory condition, but those ones in particular, CBD seems to shine with, and you can use it topically or internally. Keep in mind, if you do decide that you want to look into CBD, uh, there are a lot of brands out there, most of which I simply don't trust. It's not a well-regulated category uh, in this country because of the laws uh, surrounding cannabis, but there are some brands that are excellent, really, really good quality that I've um, isolated and that we carry at Vitality Nutrition. We do not have them on vitalitynutrition.com. So if you need CBD, First off, I'd recommend you call us anyway because we can help you figure out which one is best for you. There's a lot to explain when it comes to CBD, and we're happy to have those conversations. You can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662, and we can ship it to you over the phone. Also, if you're dealing with gut pain, I highly recommend Boswellia. For one thing, 
this is one place where ibuprofen does not shine. It's not very effective for pain in the gut. In fact, it's more likely to cause pain in the gut because of the potential for bleeding and everything else. But Boswellia, uh, which is from the frankincense plant, Boswellia is awesome for gut pain and back pain. And then there's one more thing I'm going to mention, PEA. PEA, I don't have time to get into it, but PEA is the only thing so far that I've seen on the market that has a clinical study that shows that it is as effective as ibuprofen for acute pain. So PEA, really interesting stuff. And then I said one more thing, but I forgot. We talked about CBD. Um, if you struggle with pain, especially chronic pain, and especially pain that keeps you awake at night, uh, THC uh, used wisely can be extremely effective for that or CBD with THC. And that's another one where you'd need to call and talk to us so we can explain exactly how that works at Vitality Nutrition. Okay, I've got uh, 10 more minutes and I'm going to get one more of these poisons in. It's called fluoroquinolones. Um, a review covered medicines containing the following fluoroquinolones uh, or quinolone antibiotics. That's uh, ciprofloxacin, uh, levofloxacin, uh, lomiofloxacin, moxifloxacin. There's a whole bunch of floxacins. They're all floxacins. But the big ones that you may have heard of are cipro and levofloxacin. Uh, they're the two most commonly prescribed in American ears, I can tell. Information for the patients, according to the European Union, their version of the FDA. This is what they tell patients about these kind of drugs. Fluoroquinolone medications can cause long-lasting disability and potential, potential permanent side effects, including tendons, muscles, joints, and the nervous system. These serious side effects include inflamed and torn tendons, muscle pain or weakness, and joint pain or swelling, walking difficulty, feeling pins and needles, burning pain, tiredness, depression, problems with memory, sleeping, vision and hearing, and altered taste and smell. Tendon swelling and injury may occur within two days of starting treatment of fluoroquinolones and can occur for several months after stopping treatment. Stop taking a fluoroquinolone medicine. I love this. This is amazing. And contact your doctor at once if the following in the following cases. At the first sign of tendon injury, such as tendon pain or swelling, rest... Uh, or sorry, at the first sign of tendon injury, such as tendon pain or swelling, if you get pain, pins, needles... Uh, tingling, tickling, numbness, or burning, or weakness, especially in the legs or arms. If you get swelling in the shoulder, arms, or legs, have walking difficulty, feel tired or depressed, or have problems with your memory or with sleeping, or you notice changes with your vision, taste, smell, or hearing, you and your doctor will have to decide if you can continue treatment or if you should take another type of antibiotic. So we know that it can take two days is all, before you can rupture a tendon. And at that point, if you rupture your tendon, you should probably call your doctor. Really? That's what they're saying here? You may be more prone to joint pain or swelling or tendon damage if you are over 60 years of age. Your kidneys do not work well or you received an organ transplant. Uh, speak with your doctor if you are taking a corticosteroid, uh, such as hydrocortisone or prednisone, which I highlighted on my last prescribing poisons show, or need to have treatment with a corticosteroid. You may especially be prone to tendon damage if you're taking a corticosteroid and a fluoroquinolone at the same time. You should not take fluoroquinolone uh, medicine if you've ever had a reaction to it in the past obviously. That comes from the European Union's uh, health uh, folks, their version of the FDA. And it's 
kind of insane. That's the patient uh, portion. They also sent one out to doctors that's even more extreme. And then they said, we're taking this stuff off the market almost completely. Uh, it's still available in rare cases for life-threatening disorders, but they're not recommending it for the average UTI anymore. But in Canada, uh, an article published by two MDs, J. Curtis Nickel and R. Christopher Doiron, I think it is, they say, unfortunately, our love, aff love affair with fluoroquinolones is and should be ending. They have turned out to be very dangerous for our patients. Urologists in Canada continue to prescribe this class as a go-to antimicrobial strategy for prevention and treatment of UTIs, as well as prophylaxis, meaning preventative use for invasive urological procedures. Approximately 3 million prescriptions for fluoroquinolones are issued in Canada every year uh, through during the years of 2016 through 2018. Three million a year. That seems like a lot. I doubt there were three million life-threatening issues in Canadian urology uh, per year during that time frame. This article was written in 2020 as an alarm for Canadian urologists. They go on to talk about how the first warning alarms were raised in 2008. They also talk about what equates to a near-complete ban on these drugs in the European Union and say doctors need to find alternatives. Yet, here in the good old U.S. of A., where drugs are prescribed and used for decades after they've been proven to be extremely unsafe in many cases, we're still prescribing this stuff. I hear it all the time, especially for urinary tract infections, sinusitis, things like that. In fact, this is what's frustrating to me about it. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not any kind of a medical expert. I'm not someone who can prescribe anything. And yet I know enough that if I were in that position and I was choosing for some crazy reason to prescribe Cipro to someone for a urinary tract infection, that I would say to them, hey, just so you know, you might rupture a tendon in two days. You might have permanent neurological damage after just a few days on this drug. This drug could actually kill you. Would you like to hear about alternatives for your urinary tract infection? That's what I would say if I were a doctor. I'm not a doctor, and I've never had a client ever tell me they were prescribed Cipro or, or Levaflaxin and had their doctor inform them at all of the potential and extremely alarming dangers. So what are these potentially deadly antibiotics prescribed for? Well, I already mentioned sinusitis and urinary tract infections, but also bronchitis, pneumonia, septus. That's one where you could die, so that's one where it actually could make some sense. Intra-abdominal infections, some of which can be very dangerous, some of which are not. Uh, joint and bone infections and soft tissue and skin infections. It's also used for typhoid fever, anthrax, and bacterial gastroenteritis. Now, if you've got anthrax, um, maybe a powerhouse drug like Cipro is not a bad idea. If you've got an intra-abdominal infection that could potentially kill you, maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe the risk is worth the potential reward, particularly if there's not another antibiotic that they think can tackle it. But urinary tract infections, regular old run-of-the-mill urinary tract infections, it's recommended for that all the time. And it's horrifying. I talk to people on a regular basis that have been recommended these drugs that have had side effects 
not short-term, but long-term, and in some cases, life-altering side effects from these drugs when all they needed to do for a urinary tract infection is take a simple sugar known as D-mannose. So let's talk about the things that you can do short of any kind of antibiotic, but especially Cipro, with one quick note before we get into it. And that is, please, if your doctor prescribes you anything, anything, I don't care what it is, do your due diligence. You're putting this into your body and you shouldn't put anything into your body before you know what the potential harms are. I don't care if it's a vaccine. I don't care if it's a uh, cold remedy over the counter or a pill that you can buy a thousand of for 10 bucks at Costco or an antibiotic that your doctor's prescribed. It doesn't matter because while your doctor is your doctor and is allowed by law to prescribe you potentially dangerous drugs, you are the patient and you are the one that gets to deal with the potential side effects of these drugs. And therefore, it behooves you and only you to do your research. And I want you to know that in almost every single case that I can think of, there are alternatives, especially to the fluoroquinolone class of antibiotics. Heck, if you feel like you've got to be on an antibiotic, you don't want to do a natural thing, or maybe it's past that point in your opinion or whatever, fine. But ask your doctor for other options as opposed to a fluoroquinolone. That's what they're forcing doctors to do in the European Union and ought to be doing here in America. In fact, I'm going to go one step further. This is my opinion, and again, I'm not your medical professional. If your doctor recommends a fluoroquinolone, for something that is not life-threatening, you probably should just simply find a better doctor. I'll leave it at that. Okay, let's talk about what you do if you have a UTI and you don't want to do an antibiotic. Well, I've talked about this a lot on Vitality Radio, but I know not everybody listens to every episode. Shame on you. So let's go through it really quickly. Urinary tract infections, Mary Poppins did it, said it best. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but in the case of antibiotics, or sorry, in the case of urinary tract infections, it is the spoonful of sugar that is the medicine. It's called D-mannose, and it is literally a powder, a sugar that looks a lot like and tastes a lot like table sugar, but it's not table sugar. It has this amazing property that creates what's called anti-adherence inside the urinary tract that prevents your body's urinary tract from holding on to the bacteria that is infecting it. And if you have chronic urinary tract infections, you can use one teaspoon daily. And 85% of people who did that didn't get urinary tract infections chronically anymore. 85% with one spoonful of sugar per day? Sign me up if I'm a chronic urinary tract infection sufferer, right? There is a key here, though, and this is really, really important. So I want you to listen closely. And if you have questions, please call us at Vitality. We will answer them for you. If you are dealing with an active infection, according to the uh, literature that has been produced studying D-mannose, it's pretty simple, but it is very specific. Four times a day, you take that spoonful of D-mannose, a teaspoon, level teaspoon, that's 2,000 milligrams, in a little bit of water, two to three ounces. You swallow that, you wait 45 minutes, and after 45 minutes, you swallow a full glass of water, ideally at least 12 ounces. 
that allows the D-mannose to hang out in the urinary tract in, uh, for a long enough period of time that it can create its anti-adherence property, and then you can flush the bacteria out. In clinical trials, 48%, or sorry, f after 48 hours, 90% of urinary tract infections were cleared by just that spoonful of sugar four times a day. Uh, if you have more questions about details there, uh, give us a call, 801-292-6662. And you can check out the D-Manos on our website at vitalitynutrition.com. Sinusitis. Uh, I talk about colloidal silver as a what the FDA refers to as a vertical spray. This is one that can go up your nose, uh, and uh, it is the best thing I've ever seen for any kind of sinus uh, inflammation or infection and simply works better than antibiotics for, in every way that I can conceive of, especially because 85% of sinus infections aren't bacterial. And therefore, an antibiotic can't solve them anyway. If it's bronchitis or pneumonia, my favorite product for this, and I don't talk about it nearly enough on Vitality Radio, is Clear Lungs. It's a Chinese herbal formula, been in use for at least 800 years over there. Thankfully, it's over here now, and it is phenomenal for those two issues. You can also use colloidal silver along with that, as well as high doses of vitamin C. But Clear Lungs, especially if there's any congestion in the lungs, is absolutely phenomenal. It's an herbal capsule and it works incredibly well. Gastroenteritis. All these itises are inflammatory, right? So remember what I said earlier about inflammation in the gut. Aloe vera, the whole leaf aloe from Aloe Life is fantastic for gastroenteritis or any kind of inflammation in the gut. It does in there what it does on a sunburn outside. And then also Boswellia is awesome for the inflammation in the gut. But gastroenteritis more often than not, requires uh, for long-term benefit, and this applies to chronic sinus infections, chronic bronchitis, chronic pneumonia, or chronic urinary tract infections. You've got to get the gut right with the key probiotics, and the best probiotics I've seen for that are the vital spores from Precision Probiotic. The spore-forming probiotics, which I talked about last week on Vitality Radio, are phenomenal for all of those things, and especially for prevention of recurring infections. If the gut is healthy, truly healthy, you have a robust and active microbiome, the body has a very difficult time becoming infected because your immune system is rocking and it is doing the work for you. But if your gut shelves are not fully stocked with the good guys that they need, you won't get there and recurring infections will occur. The last thing that Cipro and these types of things are used for are skin infections. And there are some gnarly skin infections, right? If you've got MRSA, uh, that's a problem. And uh, regular antibiotics won't fix MRSA. But there are things naturally that can be done even for MRSA. In fact, there's some good clinical data showing that colloidal silver uh, topically as a gel can wipe that one out. How about that? Uh, so there are some things that can be used. Now, none of this is medical advice, and none of it is designed to uh, usurp the advice of your medical professional. These are just all things that I have seen results with over the years. And, of course, if anything gets to the point where there is a potential uh, for life-threatening um, problems, then that's where maybe a drug like Cipro could potentially be utilized. It's certainly where you should be consulting with a 
medical practitioner. Okay, that's all the time I have today. I love bringing you this show. I love all of you that I'm getting to know through messages on Instagram and Facebook and inside the Vitality Radio listeners community, which I just have so much fun in there with all these amazing people that have joined. We're nearly 300 strong, and we'd love to have you jump on board. So there's a link in this show description on your podcast app. If you'd like to join the Vitality Radio listeners community, you will join a group of people that absolutely love learning about how to take care of themselves naturally. That's what we do there, and we love doing it. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with everybody that you believe would benefit from it, which hopefully is everybody you know. I sure appreciate it. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.